Well, good morning, my family. Why don't we stand and welcome the Lord and His presence in this place. The song says, there is joy in the house of the Lord. Why don't we bring that joy in as we lift our voices in worship this morning. Come on. Let's sing it together. Yeah. the God who is, and you worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison door, he parted the raging sea, my God, all to victory, yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet, we shout out your We sing to the God who always made 
the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on and celebrate that this morning, church. There is joy in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Heaven. Father, for our freedom that we have in you. Lord, that our identity, Lord, is one that only lies in you, Jesus. And we sing about that this morning, church. Come on, let's sing it. We say, who am I? Shout of praise and give him thanks. I am a child of God. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Will you sing that, church? Come on, say. I am chosen.
you're that person here today that needs that reminder, or maybe you've never heard that before, I'm here to tell you there is a place for you in your father's house. For the prodigal in your life, I want you to remember that there is a place for them in your father's house. They need that reminder as we sing this song and let us know that he makes a way where there is no way. Reminds us who he is, our way maker, our miracle worker. Let's sing it together, church. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in place. I worship you. I worship you. Cause you are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. 
Jesus Christ became a way maker that you and I would have access to God, eternal access. We rejected his spirit, we rejected the prophets, we rejected his son, but he died for us and now we have an opportunity to have that way back to him. So my prayer is that today we really thank God for being the way maker promise keeper, the light in the darkness, the promise of God. Lord, our hearts are heavy for Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office and all first responders and the loss of these four officers that were killed in the helicopter crash this morning. Father God, our hearts are heavy for all those fighting the fires that still rage months and months into these fires and God now they're broken hearted for some of their co-workers dying Father we pray for the family of those officers we pray for the whole department because they feel it so heavily and God I just pray a covering over all of our first responders and peace officers protect them Father God we cry out on behalf of our country because God not just old people like me, but the young people can look back and see how much our country has changed and how the moral decay is creeping in and eating away at the moral fiber of our country. Father God, we pray that you restore this country and you restore, Father God, our leaders to you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray you heal the sick and comfort the broken Father God, all those watching online, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would just pour into them, minister to them wherever they might find themselves. Heavenly Father, prepare our hearts for communion. Prepare our hearts to come into your presence, to commune with you, but also, Lord, to remember everything you've done for us. So we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all of God's people said, Amen. Quietly be seated and get your communion ready. Peel back the cellophane and you could get to your bread. You see, Jesus Christ said, when you eat this, eat it in remembrance of me. What he's saying is that he wants us to remember that he died for us to make a way for us to be with him for all of eternity. 
That's why he's the way maker. So Father, in the night that you were betrayed, you gave thanks and broke the bread and gave it to the disciples saying, take this all of you and eat it for this is my body. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for our healing. Thank you for providing. Thank you for everything you are to us. We pray in Jesus' name. You may eat of the bread. He likewise took the cup and he gave thanks. He gave it to his disciples saying, this is a new covenant. This represents, this cup represents my blood. Because I'm going to make a covenant with all of you that where I am, you will be able to be. And I'm not going to drink of this cup again until I come back for you. And we sit at the banquet table. So thank you for your promises, God. Thank you that your promises are true and everlasting to everlasting. Father, I pray your blessing over this time. You may drink of the cup. Father, we celebrate you, we worship you, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you once again stand to your feet and sing it out? We're going to sing the entire song and just sing it from the very depth of your heart. Celebrate Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be in the spirit of worship. We declare his presence in this place. Amen. Say, you are here. You are here. You're touching every heart. I worship you. Come on. I worship you.
don't sleep and you don't slumber, Lord. Come on, let's sing it together. Even when I don't see it, you work. Come on. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop work. Come on, sing it. Oh, just like that. Come on. Even when I don't see it, you're working. unspoken prayers that when our family thought the Lord are you working we're here because he says I don't sleep nor do I slumber and he says even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working and I'm here to tell you today in case you forgot And I'm here to let you know, in case you didn't know, your prayers don't fall on deaf ears. We serve a living and active God. When he hears you pray, and he hears you petition, and he hears you talking to him, it's like a loving father that says, I got you. Okay, noted, I'm working on it. 
just sometimes he says just be patient but we're going to sing that one more time because I think we all need that reminder that says even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working because we're going to declare that how many of us have prayer requests this morning that we can say even when I don't see it you're working how, about, how many of us need that this morning I know I'm raising my hand high High, high. Lord, there are many hands up in this place. And even those that aren't up, Lord, you know the petitions in this place. You know the prayers, Lord. You know the hurts. And so, Lord, we're going to sing this, Lord, because we believe it to be true, Lord, that you're at work, that you're always, always at work, Lord even when we don't, especially when we don't see it. And for that, we give you thanks. Come on, let's sing that together, church. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see, come on. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't get your work, come on. Even when I don't it's your work. Come on. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. Come on. Even when. Even when. Come on. Even when I don't God, good. Will you lift up a shout this morning, church? Come on. Man, our God is so great. Let's come to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we give you praise, God. We all we give you all glory, honor, God, because we know that you are the God who makes a way. We know that you are a God who seeks us out, God, and you find the Lord. And when we draw near to you, you draw near to us, God. And we give you thanks for that this morning, God, because you are here today. You are working in our midst, God. And that is just such a beautiful thing to be a part of here this morning, God. You're 
Oh man, that second song said, in my father's house is a place for me, God. And sometimes we don't know how to get to that place, God, but we give you praise because you make a way to get us to that place, God. You made a way out of anxiety. You made a way out of depression, God, out of addiction, God. You always made a way, and we thank you for that in this place, God. We thank you for everybody here this morning, God, who's come in to seek you, God, because I believe they found you here. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for who you are and what you do. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, will you lift up one more big shout of praise? Come on. God is so good. Hey, church, let's take a moment. Let's greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning, yeah? Man, I got to be honest with you guys. I just love seeing you every week. I just love being here. Don't you all love being here every week? Man, there's this verse in Romans that you guys like just all day. It was, I was thinking about it when I just see everybody interact. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong and hold tightly to what's good. Love each other with genuine affection. And that's what I see right here, right now. And when we're hanging out in the mall, I see the same thing. In the green room, when all the pastors are hanging out, I see the same thing. I just want to say I'm so excited to be here with you, church, because I see that through your love for Christ, you've really developed a love for one another. And it's just a beautiful thing to see week in and week out. But how are you doing, church? How are we doing today? Doing good? For, for those of you who don't know, my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth director here. And before we get started with anything else, we just got a couple of announcements real quick, assuming that's okay, of course. Um, so we got Vacation Bible School happening this month. Anyone excited for that? Yeah. Yeah, it, I'm so excited. I was looking at registrations uh, just this last week, and I saw we had like 90 people on there. I'm like, look at that. What the heck? And I look, we have like 40 volunteers already signed up. And I'm just so, yeah, absolutely. Give yourselves a round of applause, man. Because VBS is one of those events that it's so great for the kids. That's what first like brought me to a place where I recognized that I need Jesus in my life when I was a fifth grader, man. And from that point on, just being able to serve with other people and being a part of those other events has been what's kept me close to Christ. It's been what's kept me in the church, and it's so great to see that happening again. So thank you for all of you who are wanting to volunteer. If you still want to volunteer, uh, yes, we, uh, you can. We need all the help we can get. VBS is July 24th through the 28th, and so you can register to be a volunteer, I believe, online. And all of you who want to bring your students, bring your family to VBS, uh, it's for all students between preschool and fifth grade. And again, that's going to be on July 24th through the 28th. And so make sure you're registered for that online. You can go to our website, nbcable2.com, and check out all the registration links over there. Also, New Mexico West Texas Ministries of the Church of God is hosting their annual convention uh, July 29th through the 30th. So immediately after VBS, we got another thing going. We just are not going to stop this summer. It's going to be so great. Uh, but this conference is a free seminar, and we have a guest speaker, Dr. John Thurman, who's just an amazing dude, such a smart, smart guy, just got so much great wisdom to give. And so the seminar is going to be about reigniting the family, and of course, everyone is welcome. It is a free event, and also free child care. So that, there's your incentive to go. That's going to be July 29th through 30th. 
Uh, for more information, you can step out in the mall. Uh, Sister Debbie Tate is out there with plenty of paperwork. Registration is free. You can fill out a little paper right then and there to get registered. You can do all that today immediately after service. Um, and on top of that, another thing we've got happening at, towards the end of the summer, uh, for, for any of my men in here, we've got the men's retreat. Are you all excited for that one? Come on. Come on. I know I am. Men's retreat is going to be August 26th through 28th. It's going to be down in Capitan, New Mexico. We're going to be at Lone Tree Ranch. And there's going to be so many fun, fun activities just to do out with all the boys, with the guys. We're going to have, let me see, we have uh, campfire worship, skeet shooting, hiking, water slides, fishing, rappelling, zipline, and so much more. It's going to be a great weekend. So again, mark your calendars, gentlemen. That's going to be uh, August 26th through 28th, and registration for that is already open. You can, if you have more questions, you can talk to Pastor Richard. You can talk to uh, Pastor Mike. Uh, and also uh, Josh Manker and Beto Enriquez also should have more info on that. Uh, but registration is open, and so if you have more questions, reach out to those guys. Or just check out our website. Again, that's nbcabq.com forward slash events. And other than that, church, once again, I just want to say thank you so much for being so faithful. And not just your attendance, but also in your uh, tithes and your offerings and things like that. Because without your support, church, none of what we do here would be possible. We wouldn't be able to have all these events, all these classes without your support. So if you want to continue supporting us in that regard, uh, the screen right behind me has our text to give information. You can text NBCABQ to that phone number, and you can set up uh, online giving like that. You can also go through our NBCABQ app, also our website, NBCABQ.com, or just check out our four tithing boxes located in all four corners of the sanctuary. But whatever works for you, but either way, church, we just want to say thank you so much for all that you are doing as part of our New Beginnings community here. Now, would you do me a favor, and would you help me welcome our senior pastor, Richard Mansfield, to the stage this morning? Thank you. Thank you, David. God bless all of you. I forgot to mention this while Pastor Mike was out here on the stage, but uh, Pastor Michael and his beautiful wife, Barbara, just celebrated 17 years of marriage yesterday. So make sure after church you give them a big hug and wish them um, 17, uh, actually like 37 more years together so that they can catch up to people like me and uh, those of you that have been married a long time. Guys, I want to emphasize, please mark the date on your calendar. Youth, I want you to mark the date on your calendar for that July 29th and 30th seminar. It's for the family, to reignite your family, to bring a oneness together, to reignite your marriage, to bring healing to your marriage, to bring wholeness to singleness, people that are single and to know that you are a family unit and how the church should embrace the singles. And blended families, I know some people say, we don't call it a blended family. Well, I'm glad you don't because you're a family. But the reality is when you bring in children that have different dads, different moms, and all that coming together, there's a dynamic that you really need help. And we're going to be doing all that. So please make sure that you come to that seminar. Youth, you guys are dismissed. So follow uh, David and all the youth leaders all of you that are 6th grade to 12th grade, uh, they have a class right now. where They have their own worship service, uh, their sermon, and uh, so you guys are dismissed for that. Guys, I just want to let you know that I don't know if you have ever noticed or maybe 
<laughs> the problem is you haven't noticed is the overlooked. Have you ever been overlooked where you walk into a place and no one even knows you're there? They don't even see you. You're invisible to them. And there's so many people in our city, in our state, in our country, in this world that are overlooked, that are just broken and hurting. And I'm sharing about sharing Jesus to a broken and hurting world. And that's what I've been kicked off last week and I want to talk about again today. But today I want to talk about loving the overlooked. Those people that are not noticed, those people that are not seen. Friday we had a staff luncheon and time together and we went to Hibachi where they cook the meal right in front of you. If you've never gone there, they have a big grill and they you sit around there and they do a little show cooking the food and and everyone got served but me. And I was standing there and I go, well, maybe he's part of his act. He's joking around and you know, I didn't say anything. And then he served everyone everything, everything. First he served the rice and I didn't get any rice. And he goes, maybe he don't need no more rice. So he did, you know, I didn't know. So, so then he served everything and I go, excuse me, um, I had ordered food. Do I get this food or do I get separate food? He goes, you order food? Are you sure? And got a little paper and he goes, hmm, are you sure you order food? He called the waiter, get over here. Did this guy order food? Yeah, it's right there, spicy chicken. And he goes, oh, and I hope he was saying that about himself and not me. (laughs) Overlooked, you're not seen, you're invisible. And I even told the guy, I know I'm so skinny, you can't see me. (laughs) Or either that, I'm so big, you thought I was the wall. That's what I told him. (laughs) And I was like, there's people that are overlooked. They go through life every day. In the book of James, chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, he says, so whatever you say or do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. And he says, there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Lord, I pray you really help us get through this and really understand how to minister, how to love the overlooked, I pray in Christ's name, amen. Look, if we're going to be loving the overlooked like Jesus, I want to take you to a story where Jesus really ministered to the overlooked. It's in Matthew chapter 20, and it starts at verse 30 through 34. And it says that there were two blind men were sitting beside the road. You've got to understand that when they were crippled or blind or had some kind of deformity, they had no way of earning a living. So they would be on the roadsides. They would be at the entryway of the temple. They would be wherever they could begging for money because whatever they got, that way they could try to get something to eat and sustain themselves. So two men were sitting beside the road, blind men. And when they heard that Jesus was coming, they began shouting, Lord! Son of David, have mercy on us. 
And they told him, be quiet. The crowd said, be quiet. And they yelled at him. They're going, oh my gosh, you guys are annoying, you're embarrassing us, be quiet. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and he called to them. And he said, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. So Jesus felt sorry for them and he touched their eyes. And instantly they were healed. Instantly they could see. And they followed him. What an amazing story. I wonder how many times people didn't even acknowledge them anymore. I wonder how many times they're just like, oh my gosh, would you please be quiet, Johnny and Charlie? Oh, Johnny and Charlie are at it again. They're acting like idiots. Come on, Jesus hadn't come to our city before. Would you quit acting like an idiot? Oh, please, it's embarrassing. He's gonna see how crazy we are. He's gonna think this whole city's crazy. And aren't we? Yeah. I know Albuquerque is. So if you're from Albuquerque, let's get real. You live in this city. That means we're crazy. This congregation's crazy. We all do some weird things sometimes. And they were no different. And they're saying, please be quiet. But if we are going to love the overlooked like Jesus does, the first thing we have to do is listen for clues that people are in pain. There's people in pain that live in your household. There's people in pain that are related to you. There's people that are in pain that work with you. There's people in pain that go to school with you. There's people in pain that shop with you. There's people in pain that are going through hardship and they're going through difficulties and they're going through brokenness and they're going through a very challenging time and no one sees them. Matthew 20, again, in verse 20, 30 and 31, it says that the two blind men were sitting there, and when they heard that Jesus was coming, they began shouting. They were shouting. Their pain was calling them to shout. They're screaming at the top of their lungs, Lord, please have mercy on us. Please, do you understand how much pain we're in? Do you know, much, do you know what we have gone through? I don't know if they were blind from the birth or if they went blind because of an accident. It doesn't give us all the details. All I know is that they were in pain and they're saying, be quiet. Would you please be quiet? And they shouted even louder. You're not gonna quiet me because I know the one that can really make a difference is here. The one that can really make a difference is near. The one that is really make a difference is I need him to hear me because he can do something about it. And you come into church and you come in, you come broken, you come in pain, but you wear a mask real pretty. And you come dressed so pretty, ladies and men, you come looking really good. You're broken. If we could see spiritually, we'd see the pool of blood around you. We'd see how much you're bleeding, your heart is broken, you're hurting, you're going through a difficult time. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 32, it says, when Jesus heard them, 
He stopped and called. He heard them. He noticed them. He got their attention. They got his attention. And he was listening for the clues that people were in pain. He had his ears and eyes open. Do you walk through life with your ears and eyes closed? Oh, you're not blind, but you're blind. You're not blind, but you can't see. You're not deaf, but you can't hear. And you go right past them, not hearing the cries. Right past them, not seeing the pain. Right past them. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, verse 13, it says, those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. So man, open your eyes, open your ears. Be sensitive to the pain that is near you and around you and the people that you know and those you don't know. Second thing we're going to have to stop and really notice is he said right there that you got to stop whatever you're doing at that moment. If you're really going to observe and help the overlooked and love them, sometimes you just have to plain stop doing what you're doing because they need you right then and there. They need you at that very moment. It says right there in verse 32, when Jesus heard them, he stopped. Jesus was on a task. Jesus was on a mission. And all of a sudden, it grabbed his heart. It grabbed his attention. It grabbed his, really his hearing. And he said, we got to stop, stop, stop. And they're saying, quiet, leave him alone. And Jesus is like, no, I got to stop. I got to take care of this need. There is a need right in front of me. I got to tend to this right now. Stop whatever you're doing at that moment to help that person that's broken and hurting. Whether just to say a a simple prayer with them. Sometimes you go, I'll pray for you. Why don't you just pray right then? Say, I'll pray for you and keep praying for them. But let's right now. I've told you I pray with people all the time. And not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. And I'll pray with them and, and ask them. And I go, hey, can we pray right now? I promise not to embarrass you. Because some people are afraid. They're afraid you might be one of those people that in public, you're going to pray for them. But instead of just saying a prayer, a simple prayer, that you're going to go, God, in the name of Jesus, snap out that demon. You know, they don't know what you're going to do. Don't make a fool out of yourself or them. But pray with them. Stop, say, hey, let's pray real quick. Father, just be with my brother, be with my sister. They're hurting, they're broken. Minister to them in Jesus' name, amen. I'll keep praying for you. You see, in Philippians chapter two, verse four, it says, don't look only for your own interest. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. See, what he's really saying there is don't be so obsessed with your needs and what you want and what you wanna just continue to advance with and forgetting about everyone around you. But he's saying, forget about your own self at that moment long enough to help somebody. Help them, minister to them. Pour yourself out to them. Third thing we really need to do if we're gonna love the overlooked is we need to look past people's behavior to see their worth, to see their value. These guys are screaming. Johnny and Charlie, oh my gosh, oh, there's Johnny and Charlie, the blind guys. They're screaming at the top of their lungs. Would you guys stop it? See, they didn't think they were worth Jesus. 
They didn't think they deserved to have time with Jesus. See, sometimes we see people and we judge by outward appearance instead of seeing their heart. Sometimes somebody might be very wealthy and they look at, they have all this fancy clothing and, and then there's others that are very wealthy and they're just plain Jane people. You would never know they had any money. But we treat people different when we think they do. And the Bible says you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to treat everyone the same. So when they come in, oh man, I don't want them here. Don't even tell them we got donuts. Don't even tell them we got coffee. But if you like them, hi, how are you? Good to meet you. Hey, I'd love to treat you to a donut. Let me treat you to a donut. It's my treat. We don't even charge. Some churches charge for their donuts and coffee. Okay, they really do. So they walk in, they don't know, and they might think, man, I wish I had a donut, but I don't have any money. So you could go, hey, how are you? Because sometimes you're saying hi to your friends, and you're going, hey, how are you? What's going on? How's everything going? What's happening? How you doing? And then somebody else walks in, hello. Like, wow, they feel real welcome. Now, you might not know them, because I I already told you I did this to somebody, because I usually try to hug people. I'm a hugger. One time this one lady walked in, I go, hey, and she goes, whoa. Like, and I go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm the pastor, I'm, I'm a hugger. And she's like, and her husband goes, we're not used to nice people and hugging people. We live in a world that, that needs God's love. Stop for the moment, share with them. Doesn't matter what someone looks like, welcome them. Say, of course they'll come in, come on in. Yes, there's a place for you here. Yes, we'd love to have you. Show them their worth. In Mark 10, 21, it says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. This is the rich man that came to Jesus and he said, hey, Jesus, what can I do to get into heaven? And when Jesus saw him, he goes, God, this guy's sincere. This guy's for real. This guy really wants to know but he felt bad for him. He felt genuine love but compassion. And he looked at him and he said, there's just one thing that you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And the guy's like, what? Wait, 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 wait. you sell? What? You want me to get rid of? See, because Jesus was saying, There's nothing wrong with owning a lot of stuff. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. But there's something wrong when God, the money has become your God. See, the money had him. And Jesus is saying, let go of the things that have you and follow me. Release that. Release that and you're going to get blessed far beyond what you even know. But man, that poor man, that rich man walked away and said, you know what? I'd rather be a rich man that's poor than a poor man that's rich. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, Jesus had compassion. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw them. He he saw their worth. He saw them in spite of what they looked like, in spite of what they were dressed like, in spite of what they smelled like, in spite of anything, he knew they were worth living for. 
and dying for. And he wanted them to know that. That's why that's one of those songs today, man, they're, they're some of my favorites. Because it says, I'm going to believe who you say I am. Because let me tell you something. I know who I say I am. I convince myself I'm worthless. You might speak into my life the saying I'm worthless. But God says, no, this is who I say you are. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You are the blessed of God. You are the saints of God. You are my sons and my daughters. That's who you are. And that's why we've got to believe that and hold on to that and receive that. In Proverbs 14, verse 21, it says, it is a sin to belittle one's neighbors. Blessed are those who help the poor. Oh, that we would help the poor, help the broken, help those in poor in spirit. And another thing we need to start doing is, is if we're going to love the overlooked like Jesus, we need to start asking people what they need. Don't assume you know. Ask them what they need. Don't just assume you know. It says right there in verse 32, when Jesus heard them, he stopped and he called. But this is what he said to them. What do you want me to do for you? Now, see, you might be thinking, well, it's obvious. They're blind, they want to see. But just because you're blind, that doesn't mean you want to see. You might have deeper problems that you haven't even thought about your blindness because you have problems so deep that you want that taken care of before the obvious, amen? And he's telling them, what do you want from me? There's times people come to me and they pour out their heart and they pour out their burden and they just empty themselves and they're going through a horrible time. But I ask them, what exactly do you want me to do? Because they might think, well, isn't it obvious? And I go, you're kind of, sort of, but I don't know exactly what you want. How can I help? I need to know what to do. It's important that we ask and not assume. Really say, how can I help you? And if we're going to love the overlooked like Jesus, do whatever you can to help. Do whatever you can to help. Whatever you can do. Sometimes you can't give them money. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't give them food. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you, you, you just can't take them someplace that they meet, might need to go. And sometimes you can. But is, listen to me. Take the time to do whatever you can to help. Again, to pray with them. Again, I'm telling you, I, I try to pray with people all the time. Because there's so much brokenness, you can see it in them. And I just say, is it okay if I pray with you? And I'm telling you, I've never been turned down. And I'm talking total strangers. People I've never met. You, we, we have to minister. In chapter 20 of Matthew, verse 34, Jesus felt sorry for them. He felt compassion for them. And he touched their eyes and instantly they could heal, uh, they could see, and they followed him. Jesus did whatever he could. Well, I could do this. I can pray with you and I can help you and I can touch you and I can heal you. I can restore you. And that's what Jesus did. There's times you and I could do it, but we go, I, you know what? I'm hungry and I feel like going to eat my pizza. So let someone else take care of you. I got to go to CC's. They're waiting for me. 
inside your eyes. We need to really see the overlooked, hear the overlooked, and then minister to them. So who are the people that really need our love? There's all kinds of people that need our love. I'm just going to focus on five real quick. We need to identify people with needs and then offer help. There's some people that have needs and there's some that don't. You know what I'm coming, where I'm coming from? There's people that, you know what, are really hurting. And then there's those that are not. We get people come in here all the time asking for help. One time at the old church, this lady came in and she says, oh my goodness, please. And she's giving me a sob story. She doesn't come to our church. It's just somebody in the community. My daughter died. And please look, here's, here's, here's an article. She died in a car wreck. And please, I need money to get a bus to go to Mexico. And I need this, I need that. And Bodicic, I felt bad for her. I helped her out. And a few months later, I'm at a prayer meeting at another church. And I walk in, and guess who's there? That lady. And she's asking for help. And I ask the pastor, I go, hey, Matt, is that lady asking for help because her daughter died in a car wreck? He goes, yeah. He goes, when did she die? He goes, she said last week. I go, she told me four months ago she died last week. I go, is she showing you an article? He goes, yeah. I go, look at the date. It's two years ago. I go, I don't even know if that's her daughter. It's just an article of somebody that died in a car wreck. I go, this lady's scamming people. Finally, so I walk out with the pastor, and I go, hey, how are you? She goes, fine. I go, she goes, I think I know you. I go, yeah, you were at my church just a few months ago asking money for your dead daughter that died then, and now you're telling him she died now. When did she die? Is she even dead? And she broke down crying. I just, I need, I know churches help, and I need help. Well, then tell us the truth. There's people that don't have needs that ask you, and there's people that do have needs that don't say anything. So it's important that we identify who has needs and how we can help, what we can do, how we can minister to them. In the book of Isaiah, this is what he tells us to do, and that's why our church does what we do. In Isaiah 58, verse 7 through 9, he says, share your food with the hungry. We do that. This past Friday, we gave out thousands and thousands of pounds of food. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we have a food pantry that says, share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. That's why we have God's warehouse. They get to come in out of the heat, cool down, wash their face, get fresh, use a restroom, have a nice warm meal. We give them food to take with them. And it says, and give clothes to those who need them. And at God's warehouse, and even here, we give out clothing. We help whatever we can. We do whatever we can. And it says, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. All of us have that relative, right? They're knocking at your door. Hide. Don't answer the door and somebody looks through the curtain. Oh, they saw you. I Come on. Some, some of your relatives, they don't need the help. They're just a bunch of leeches. I mean, in a Christian kind of way, they're leeches. But there's those family members, relatives that are really broken and need help. Help them if you can. 
And then it goes on to say, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Our, our godlinesses will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. And then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. He's saying, man, you do what I want you to do. I'm going to take care of you. But see, we need to identify people with needs and help them. Second thing we need to do is identify the lonely people. Identify lonely people and become a friend to them. Do you know that there's a lot of lonely people? You know that you could be jam-packed in a room that you can't even hardly move and still be very lonely? Right now, there's about 500 people in here, 400 something people in here. And yet you can feel lonely. You can feel broken. You can feel empty. You can feel like, man, some of you, this is the only place you get someone to touch you. They shake your hand when you walk in. They offer you a donut and cover. You get to sit down with people and enjoy it. And you go, oh my gosh, I'm talking to people. And then they hug you and you go, golly, I hadn't got a hug in a week. I was waiting to be hugged. Their brokenness. And become a friend to them. A lot of people don't do this anymore, but invite someone to lunch after church. There's a lot of people that don't do that. Back in the day, everyone would do stuff like that, but just invite someone in. Say, hey, we don't have a lot of money. We're just going to go get a taco over at Jack in the Box, two for 99 cents. Here's one for me, one for you. Okay. That's all I have. You really mean that? Share whatever you can. Welcome them. Invite them in. Somebody comes in by themselves, say, hey, are you by yourself? Because if you are, why don't you come and sit with me at church? Come and sit here next to me. Come, just hang out. We'd love for you to join us. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 33 and 34, it says, do not take advantage of foreigners, strangers, people different than you, who live among you in the land. It says, treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. He's saying, Welcome everyone. Even if they're from Texas <laughs> or Colorado or Arizona or wherever, invite them, welcome them. I, we don't like New Mexicans. We are New Mexicans. What do you think? <laughs> We're weird. We're weird. We need instead to become friends. Another thing we need to do is, is identify grieving people and be there for them. Grieving people. Now, look, we have a ministry called Grief Share, and that's for people that have lost a loved one to death. But grieving isn't just when you lose someone to death. Some people are grieving because they lost their marriage. After many years, they got divorced. Some are grieving because they lost an animal. That was like a little daughter or son to them. That was their puppy. That was their kitten, and they lost them, and that's their family. 
and they're hurting. Some people lost their job and they're wounded and they're hurting because they got they lost their job. Some people have lost, it, it's about grieving because you've lost things. They were in a relationship and they got, they, they broke up and they're, 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 they went their separate ways and they're grieving. People are hurting. Be there for them. Encourage them. Let them know, say, I'm, I'm really sorry and, and, and I'm sorry you're going through that. Don't ever say, I know exactly what you're going through because you don't. Now, you might have gone through the exact same situation, but you still don't know how they feel. So just say, wow, I, I, I think I can identify with you because I lost a loved one. And I, I just broke up. We were engaged to be married and it's over. I, I don't know what you're going through, but I know what I went through. I went through grief because of loss or because my children are not living like they should or because my parents aren't living like they should. I'm grieving because my husband or wife committed adultery. I'm grieving because, I'm grieving because. See, there's all kinds of reasons people are grieving and some people are broken, but they wear a beautiful mask and they come into church all, hello, hello, praise the Lord, but they're broken. And if you look deep in us, you can identify that they're grieving. You can identify that they're hurting. You can identify that they're empty. You can identify that they need a special prayer and hug. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it's a passage that I share often. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort who comforts us. He comforts us in our time of troubles so that we can comfort others when they are in trouble. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And isn't that the truth? Doesn't it seem weird that God brings people in your life and puts them right in front of you that are going through situations that you've either gone through or are going through? And you're like, oh my gosh. That's exactly what I felt like when I went through a divorce. That's exactly what I felt like when my husband died. That's exactly what I felt like when my child died. That's exactly what that exactly what. I was thinking about a couple this morning. I was praying and it came to mind and I was praying for them and I thought, Lord, we sure have gone through a lot together with that couple. And their children are now grown adults and they even have their daughter has a child. But I'll never forget, I was with that family one time when they lost their first baby. And we were in a room, them and her mom and dad and me, five adults, and we were each holding the baby, saying a prayer. And I was thinking about that as I was talking about this. I was thinking of the grief that people have gone through and have overcome and got through it because someone helped them through it. God wants us to help them through it, to see them through it. Another thing that we need to do is, is identify defeated people and help them start over. Man, depression is overwhelming. Depression is overwhelming to the point that people just want to say, forget it, 
I want to end it all. I just quit. I want to run away. I want to get in my car and leave my parents, leave my family, leave my children, leave my spouse. Just get in the car and drive. Or I'll just take my life. I'm overwhelmed. I feel defeated. I'm telling you, listen to me. Life has a way of beating you down, but God has a way of lifting you back up. He is the lifter of our head. He's the lifter of our countenance, and he ministers to us. We are defeated. We feel defeated. We are defeated. But when Jesus comes into your life, he makes you more than a conqueror. I'll never forget back in the 80s, there was this guy named Laverne Tripp and the Tripp family. And they used to sing this song, we won't be defeated, we won't be defeated, we won't be defeated anymore. Man, since the Holy Ghost filled me, we won't be defeated anymore. We've got victory, we've got celebration, we got, we got the victor living in us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 Now, however, is the time to forgive and comfort. Otherwise, we may be overcome by discouragement. There's people that are broken. They're hurting. They feel overwhelmed because they believe the report of the devil. The devil says, you are filled with shame. You are filled with guilt. You're filled with nothing that can ever change you. And God says, that's not what I say. I say that you come to Jesus, you confess your sin, and I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. I set you free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You see, Jesus gives a completely different report, and that's why we have to believe that and see that. And then lastly, that I want to talk about is we need to identify angry people and show them kindness. We live in an angry world, amen? We live in an angry city an angry state, an angry country. People are just angry anymore. They don't even know what to be angry about. Some is because of the pandemic, some because they lost their job, some because they're asking them to go back to work. Some, no, they are. (laughs) They're not going to give me stimulus money anymore. This is stupid, I got to work. You always have to work. I haven't had to work the last few years. Man, they're mad, they're mad. Look, on Father's Day, I know you men noticed, we didn't have donuts on Father's Day. And it wasn't our fault. We went to pick up the donuts where we order them from, and guess what they told us? We didn't make donuts for you guys. We forgot. I said, you forgot? Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to tell the angry crowd. No donuts a day. What do you mean no donuts? I want my donut. I pay high prices for these donuts. They're free. I don't care. I want my donut. They were like, Pastor, why, God, are you trying to tell us something? I go, no, they didn't have the donuts. People get all huffy-puffy about stuff. It's just weird. Have you noticed that? People get angry. In the parking lot, they get angry. Some of you get angry at each other, and then you come in here, hi, God bless you, you want a donut? But in the parking lot, get out of my parking space. I saw it first. I was here before you. 
I don't want to park two worlds over. I have to walk. Oh, my gosh. I want that parking space. Calm down. Angry people, angry, angry about everything. Angry, angry, angry in the stores and the schools at the work. They're just angry. So we need to show kindness. We don't need lessons on kindness. Just treat people how you would want to be treated. You want people to be nice to you. You want people to be loving to you. You want people to be tender to you. You want people to be gentle to you. Treat them the same way. Treat them with kindness. Help them. You don't know why they're mad. You don't know what they just heard. You don't know what just happened to them. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, don't repay evil for evil. So if they get all uptight at you for your parking space, say, you know what, go ahead and park. Go ahead and park there. That's okay, I'll walk two more roads. They might be sitting in your chair. We don't have assigned seats here. But some of you sit in the same place every Sunday and you think that's your chair. And then you get here a little early and someone's in your place. You're like, what are they? Who said you can sit here? (laughs) Hey, Usher, get this guy out of my chair. (laughs) How do we know that's your chair? I licked it. (laughs) We're weird, man. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, he's giving you the solution. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. So Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked. You won't forget how hard you've worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Man, some of you have just been going through brokenness and you've been overlooked and today God God wants you to know he's never overlooked you. But you might be mad at God. God, why should I love God? You don't know what he's done to me. See, he didn't do that, but you're blaming him and you're angry at him. And he's saying, I love you. Would you let me love you? And Jesus is calling you to himself. So if you've never given your life to Jesus and you've never prayed to receive him as your savior and your Lord, just say, pastor, that's what I want to do today. Raise your hand and say, that's me, pastor. I want to do that. Anyone here today? Then we just want to pray for one another. We want to pray to make sure that you set your life right with God. Amen, brother. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We're celebrating with you. We're celebrating with you. Amen. Amen. So good to see you again. Would would all of you pray with my brother, our brother, Heavenly Father, I renew my faith with you. I recommit my life to you. I want to just serve you all the days of my life. So Jesus, forgive me. Fill me with your presence. 
pray in Christ's name. Amen. Praise God. Hey. Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie's got some stuff with you and for you. He'd love to pray with you. And just encourage you. Oh, you're oh, you got something already? Okay. Okay. Amen. Perhaps you're saying, and I don't want to. I don't want to overlook the, the overlooked. I want to love them like Jesus does. I want to minister to them like Jesus does. So would you stand to your feet as we sing this song? But if you want to just, maybe you're one of those overlooked and you need healing, or you're going through something and you need prayer, make your way up to get prayed for. Make your way up to release it. As you guys come up, we're going to pray with you, but we're going to sing this song and just trust God. Amen? Sing it out. Trust God for what he's doing. And ask him to minister to you, to comfort you, to strengthen you. Praise the Lord. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, you're working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, you are There's still time. We've got time for you to come up. Feel free to just release it to the Lord. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Oh, you are. We make a miracle work. Promise keep light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, that's right. Sing it out. We make a miracle work. Promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I
come to a halt, stop and call out to them and ask them what they need and do whatever we can to help. Oh Lord, let us be those world changers. Let us change our community with the power of your love. I pray in Jesus' name, God's people said amen. Amen. Church, I love you. Listen, a lot of your marriages have been struggling. Make sure you sign up for that conference at the end of this month. It's going to be a life-changing moment. Make sure you sign up. It's absolutely free. God bless you. Greet somebody on the way out. Tell them Jesus loves them. Go change Albuquerque. <laughs>